nothing matters. At least, that's what I found myself saying the last couple of days. And I'm not necessarily meditating on that phrase or reciting it as a mantra or anything. I mean, I'm not Solomon over here. But to be honest, the older I get, the more that guy makes a lot of sense. Vanity, vanity. Everything's vanity, right? This is what I'm talking about. My wife and I went to the store last night just to get out of the house and get our minds off of things. Just a little uh, retail therapy at Suburban Mecca. You know the place. Rhymes with schmargit. But I digress. Uh, The school year is fast approaching. So there were some school supplies we thought I might need for the classroom. And there are a couple of nerdy little projects I started. So we also needed some other just random things. First of all, I was shocked. Because the stock of the important things like, you know, pop figures and oat milk creamer. That stock was scarce. I know, I know, it's back to school season. But still, I was hopeful there'd be, I don't know, broader selection. Secondly, I'm not sure who's in charge of placement within the bullseye paradise, but we need to have a little chat. I think that we can all agree envelopes belong with the stationery, right? Envelopes? Envelopes. Envelopes. Sorry. So, I was standing there looking for the envelopes and pens. Well, sorry, more correctly, I was at a loss for where the envelopes might be, but I was taking in my pen options. These were options that I indeed had to weigh. Not only did I have to decide on a brand, but even within a brand, what color? What thickness? Which type is better for how I write a ballpoint or a felt line? It, it was just a moment with more options than I expected. And honestly, more decisions that I had anticipated on making on just a Tuesday night at God's retail gift to consumers everywhere. The brand I decided had two sizes of packages. So did I want the the smaller package that came with three sizes of pens? Or did I want the larger package that came with an extra pen and a pencil? Oh, oh, and it was marketed on the front as being the comic illustrator's choice, which would obviously make me a, a better comic illustrator, which which I am not. It was at this point that I couldn't help but laugh out loud in the middle of the store on the pen aisle, shake my head, and say, this doesn't even matter. If If you were wondering... I finally decided on the Sakura Pigma Microns, the smaller package, you know, the the non-comic illustrator package. Now, I'm sure by now you're asking, who is this person and how dare he besmirch my favorite retail therapy sanctuary? So, before you turn this off, let me tell you. Hi, I'm Mark Salcedo. I am 34 years old. I am married to the most incredible woman. Her name is Melissa, but I call her Mel's, <laughs> which she tolerates from me, but cannot stand when others do it. So I, of course, am super excited to call her only Mel's on this entire show. I am a middle school teacher. 
Mouse is an accountant. We have two labs, one chocolate and one black lab. The chocolate lab is a boy. His name is Luca, short for Lucario. And our black lab, she's actually a Shepardor. Her name is Eve, which is short for Evie. I know, Pokemon names. Real nerdy. We have a manageable mortgage. We are coffee aficionado. Well, sorry. Maybe I was coffee enthusiast is a better way to say it. We have a 20-year-old son from her first marriage. Right. Uh, we were both married before in our 20s and divorced in our 20s. I think both within three years. So we've both lived through divorce. We have both been unemployed. We've both experienced some pretty significant betrayals. We've both been homeless. I, I say in quotes, uh, basically, and this is individually, her and her earlier life and me a little more recently, uh, having to rely on hospitality of friends and family until we we're able to get back on our feet. Now, and like many of you, we've both had COVID. Her three times officially, although we think it's four, and me twice. And we just found out that we're miscarrying this week for the third time in the last year and a half. Don't misunderstand. I'm not trying to give you some pedigree of our personal hardships or anything. Uh, I'm certainly not trying to like uh, elicit sympathy or pity. Actually, since we use the word, uh, that pity look in people's eyes, you know, the one that just communicates, oh, you poor thing. Oof, can't stand that look. I'm certainly not trying to, to flex on you with our scars or anything. I mean, I actually don't believe that we can, as humans, compare our suffering. Well, sorry, we can, but suffering is relative anyways. And, and the actual act of comparing it is really the opposite of empathy. But that is for another episode. Look, there is probably a reason that you tuned in today. And if the hopes of our pursuit is to create some space for honest, open dialogue about struggles and sufferings, then maybe it would be beneficial for you to know that Mel's and I have lived life. That's all. So, that's where we're at. It's a big week. We didn't necessarily plan on doing this episode, hence just my voice, and hence the title episode zero. But... To be, I guess, overly simplistic, it just seemed fitting. Now, generally, the goal with launching a site or any kind of podcast or project or even a social media page uh, is to have like a solid grand opening sort of thing, right? So ideally, us putting our best foot forward with our pursuit would probably look like us having a blog post up first, then recording our first episode, that discusses the same topic of that post, having the right musics and bumpers and getting on our schedule, like all that. Instead, we're talking about pens and miscarriages. So we know that the best practice would be to launch a polished project from the beginning. But if we could be honest with you guys, that really isn't who we are or where we're at in life. It isn't really what we're about. 
and it's not really in the spirit of what our pursuit is all about. And I will go out on a limb here and say that same thing is probably true for some of you. I mean, at some point, isn't it exhausting listening to the people who have it all together? Or at least portray to the outside world that everything is together? Isn't that what social media is for a lot of us? I'm thinking about the influencers who take pictures of themselves on, air quotes, private jets being whisked off to these exotic destinations or locales when in reality they're just sitting next to average folks like you or I on the way back to, I don't know, Michigan or something. No, no shade towards Michigan. Michigan's fine. That's not the point. But those social media best foot forward perspectives yeah are annoying but they're also they can be pretty damaging and that's not what our aim is talk about perspective that's kind of a funny word to come to mind there will be folks maybe you maybe you will be one of them who are going to listen to this show and be uncomfortable because maybe we shouldn't be so transparent there's a chance that us being transparent about our struggles might shine a light on their own struggles. It might make uh, Christians or the church look bad, you know, because there's this, there's a weird game that we play where if you are a believer, then um, you're supposed to have this unshakable faith and never question or struggle or deal with things that is only uh, amplified if you're in any kind of uh, ministry or under a magnifying glass or I don't know like a a pastor or a worship leader bible teacher whatever so that's a thing and I don't know it might even give other Christians a chance to struggle openly even expressing their frustration with the way life is going or dare I say with God I know I know so there's just lots of fears and perspectives that clash in the midst of grief. And yes, it is certainly more comfortable and easier to just not talk about it. That's something you know because you know. That's evident whenever we share some sort of suffering or loss, right? Think about it. If you've ever been through something hard and then you share that with somebody, you know what I'm talking about because you've seen you've seen this wash over the person immediately. Their, their eyes will start shifting in other directions because they, they might be too afraid to see your broken soul if they look into your eyes. Maybe they offer hugs, right? Which are, which are really sweet because they, they want to comfort us. But also offering a hug gives them a reprieve of not having to, <laughs> to look into your eyes. Oh, and this one's my personal favorite. The words of advice. <laughs> Oh, our sweet friends and family. Just offering their little colloquialisms and their witty little sayings. And yes, even Bible verses. In an attempt to comfort us, which, which, is, which is great. But if we're honest, also in an attempt to fill in the silence. Yeah. Guys, some of my favorite people have offered some pretty cringy things in the midst of our miscarriages 
from telling us to not lose hope that we can still get pregnant (laughs) before we've even miscarried what Mills has called the dead space in her belly. So, so from that to reminding us that, you know, the risks of miscarrying only increase with age. Thanks. That was very helpful. And we had no idea. (laughs) So still talking about perspective in light of all that, I've started to tell people bad news and then say, it's okay. And me too. When they inevitably say, oh, Mark, and I'm so sorry. So, sorry, in order, it sounds a little bit like this. Hey, uh, we're actually miscarrying again. Oh, Mark, it's okay. I'm so sorry. Yeah, me too. Some of my favorite things that have been said recently. I don't know what to say right now. And I mean that genuinely. Like, that's one of my favorite responses that I've gotten. Because it's just such an honest expression in the midst of such a a naturally vulnerable moment. And it almost, it kind of levels the playing field. Like, I've just been very vulnerable and shared something that is almost sacred with you. And you have done me the, the honor, right, of of saying, I don't even know what to offer you. And nothing that I have to offer you is just an easy little bow to wrap on this package of grief that you have. So the the whole, I don't know what to say conversation, one of my favorites. I, I happily have responded. I don't feel like you need to say anything at all. It, it is hard and it isn't okay, but it will be. Mel's in my perspective of pain and suffering has begun to shift a little bit and we're becoming more accepting of our pain not because we're such enlightened individuals or anything it's just because we've had the opportunity to walk through some tough things alongside of each other with the lord (laughs) in case you're wondering uh, no mel's and i we do not have it all together We just can't take that whole best foot forward social media life anymore. Like, like, yes, there are obviously beautiful, joyful moments, but we just struggle not being transparent or, or somehow contributing to a culture of facades and masks. So this whole thing, our pursuit, this isn't a, we've been through it, but we're all good and fixed and better. And we have it all figured out. So learn from us. It's, it's not that thing. And I'll be honest, I'm not sure how often that is genuinely the case in real life. By the very nature of what it means to be alive and the cyclical nature of grief and healing, not only will we travel through recovery in waves, but new things are going to happen. And that's not to be fatalistic or cynical. That's just being honest. And it's okay. Instead of doing our best to avoid pain, what if we learn to embrace it and live with it? It doesn't always have to be awful. Sometimes pain is good. I mean, it can serve actual purposes, like literally physically to our bodies. If if we're in pain, that is our body trying to communicate something to us. And emotionally, it can reveal something to us. Like what we lose, if that's 
painful, that means that what we lost was good and true and, and valuable. It was, it was worthwhile. If it wasn't, it wouldn't have hurt to lose it. I don't want to keep going too far in this direction because Mel is going to touch on this more in her post and we'll talk about episode one. Um, I think we'll actually get a little more into uh, like some of the nature of, of suffering and grief and something called acceptance and commitment therapy and mindfulness, but I, I digress. So can we just normalize grief and suffering? Man, how great would it be for us to be able to answer honestly when someone asks us how we are? I get it. Suffering is scary. Not only is it hard for us to go through individually, but when we see somebody else's suffering, it shines that light on us of, of absolute lack of control that we have over the things that we hold dear. Like think about those things that are the most important things to us, like life, family, friends, health, whatever those things are. We actually have very little control over those things. And to witness somebody else suffer through situations related to any of those things, it (laughs) makes us uncomfortable at the very least. and, And honestly, usually more scared and anxious. So where were we? That's right. (laughs) We're miscarrying and nothing matters. And not nothing matters in that inspiring, motivational sort of, I appreciate life in a whole new sort of way. So all of this is not as important, like not that thing. More like I'm kind of apathetic right now and really struggling to process that. So I, I did mention that Mel's and I are learning to view suffering differently, but that still doesn't make it any fun to walk through. So we're grieving again. And we had planned on starting our pursuit. And we didn't feel like our grief should prevent us from doing so. Instead, it almost has made it more tangible. So we're going to be honest about real life things. People can and will disagree and quote sources on both sides of uh, opinions and um, bring up articles that they found and uh, reference research and all that. And who cares? (laughs) And that's not even cynical Mark talking. That's just a, a philosophical position that I hold. You'll have to forgive my cynicism, though, or maybe at least come to expect it. Friends, we are unapologetically irreverent around here. But, again, if you've gone through your own loss, you get that. This is the point. The older I get, the more I realize that things like best practices in any industry really are only best practices because, well, some group of people decided that they were. And I've, I've seen that in, in pedagogy, like education. I've seen that in psychology, right? You have tons of different uh, modalities and frameworks. Um, any, anytime you have in any industry a new acronym that pops up, it's because some new group has decided that these are now the best practices that we should adopt. So not only will best practices change, but probably some other folks will say some other things are best practices. 
that's okay. When someone reads through an article or, or sorry, a blog post, uh, or when someone listens to the podcast and, and maybe hears the way that we're sorting through our lives and they have their thoughts and opinions and they're different than ours. Maybe you think something differently than us. That's okay. We can disagree. One of my favorite things that I try and instill into my, my, my middle schoolers throughout the year is that you can disagree with people and nothing happens. It is okay. So, hopefully, in this process, we all learn to be reflective people who are critical thinkers and are patient with each other and ourselves. So that's what we're going to do here. We're going to be transparent about our experiences and not just try to be motivational or uh, these inspirational encouragers about what we've gone through. We're not going to paint these beautiful pictures of suffering. We might, but we're going to be real. Sometimes we'll cry. I actually cry a lot, so there's that. Sometimes we'll just have little fun tidbits or pieces of advice for you. Sometimes we will genuinely laugh. And the hope is that we do all of that transparently. If that sounds good to you, you are welcome to join us. Maybe through these conversations, we can lend one another strength. If you get to the end of one of these conversations and you think, wow, it's not just me. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Feeling seen is so liberating. And it's also terrifying. But maybe if we work together, we can help each other be brave enough to hurt. More than that, wouldn't it be great if we can create a culture where that's okay? I know that might be a lofty goal, but if that's what we're all working towards, it seems more feasible. So let's walk towards healing together and see if we can't help each other push back darkness in our lives. And that culture, that change starts with each of us as individuals. Each of us bringing healing and speaking life into those around us. Man, what a paradigm shift that would be. May that be our pursuit. Welcome, friends. 